Let's give God praise in this house today. That last part is always interesting to me, how it talks about you're never, ever, ever going to let me down. And then I said, wait a minute. Well, sometimes in this life, we do get disappointed. Sometimes we kind of had our goals and our minds set in one place. And then if we don't have our focus upon Jesus and his will uh, for our lives, sometimes we are disappointed because we didn't have our way. But how beautiful it is when we finally surrender our hearts to what he wants, then we can say with boldness, he will never let us down. High five somebody, let them know that you're glad that they're here. Want to get into the word of God today, smile. You know, you know the routine, smile at them really big so you embarrass them. All right. Yeah. All right. Love it. I love it. I love the smiling faces. I can't help. Y'all be seated. I can't help but think that every time we do this, and y'all hear me say it every week, somebody is like trying to secretly reach for their sanitizer because it's like, man, I really don't want to. Well, pastor said do the high five, so I'm just going to smile and reach for it privately so you somebody's doing it too. All right, man, let's get into it. It's February. We're getting into this new series, and, and I got to be honest with you, when we started the year and I was kind of thinking about what direction God would maybe want to take us, I thought, well, it's February, and they have this, uh, you know, Valentine's Day is in February, and, you know, maybe we'll do a relationship series, and we'll talk about that, but as I prayed, I didn't feel a release to do that. Uh, I feel like um, maybe God wants to take us a different uh, direction in this month um, as we continue to grow stronger as believers and continue to grow stronger um, as, as a church family. And I, I, many like you, we got to understand that the church, the body of Christ, has to be uh, prophetic. And, I, and when I say that, I don't want that to scare you. I don't want that word to scare you. What I mean by that is that we have to also... Uh, be able to speak to the times with the temperature and, um, you know, the pulse of what God is saying in a given moment. Um, like many of you last week, sometime in the afternoon, um, I got news, as you did, um, that a uh, famous basketball player lost his life, um, and people die every day, don't get me wrong, but um, sometimes when people are polarized figures and they are noticed by many, um, it just gets more attention. And, and most of the world, honestly, if you knew who he was, just kind of stopped and said, wow, um, I can't believe that this man, this basketball icon, this superstar, this famous person, um, all of a sudden, he woke up one morning and didn't know that at the end of that day, his life would be over. Um, and that would be it. And I got to be honest with you, I like many of you paused for a minute and said, well, I wanted to know uh, what was his relationship with the Lord. I wanted, I wanted to know what his status was, and I won't go into that now, but I will say that it reminded me like it does almost every Sunday that we have to have a focus as believers primarily on eternity. Um, there's God wants to work in every area of our lives. Don't get me wrong. He wants to uh, be Lord in every area of our lives. He wants us to grow in our lives. He wants us to flourish in our lives, but none of those things take priority um, over eternity um, and our relation to eternity and our relationship uh, with the Lord. And so I, I, he gave me these words, now and forever. Um, and we'll be dealing with that this month, now and forever, living for eternity. What does that really look like? Because in the Psalms, the psalmist tells us that um, we're promised three score and ten, uh, 70 years. If I reason of strength, we might have 80. Um, some people live longer, but that's typically the lifespan. But how many of you know that eternity goes on forever? As long as we are here, uh, when this life is over, then we um, will go on either one, in one place or the other. And this is just reality because you don't hear these words, heaven and hell, in church anymore. Uh, but we will spend eternity in one of those places once this life is over. And if that is true, then what we do here on a Sunday, what we do when we gather together as believers is of primary importance. 
Um, can, I, can somebody say amen to that? It's, it's, how many of you know coming in here, gathering together, it's important, but sometimes it's not important for the reasons that we think it is. You know, God, help my relationship. Help me do better on my job. Help me get the car. Help me get the house. Help me do this. Help me feel that. But there's more to life than just this natural material things. Amen? So we want to know how can we live properly in the light of eternity. And so what I began to think about was um, this thought, the secret meeting, this thought a secret meeting, and we're taking this from John chapter 3, um, which really the centerpiece of this, and we're not going to read this yet, but the centerpiece is, is a verse that everybody knows in verse uh, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And, and it used to be a time, and then many of you who maybe have been in church in time past, there used to be a time when we talked about eternal life, and that excited us. But... <laughs> The distractions of this world, the things that go on in this world, the disappointments of life, the struggles, the stresses, the things that we're striving for have replaced the things that should be exciting us. We get more excited about whether this one responds to me a certain way or whether I get that. But how many of you know the fact that you may spend eternity with Jesus should make you celebrate every day of your life? Because when you go through a test and when you go through a trial, you can say this is only temporary, but my life and my relationship with Jesus is eternal. My pain, my sickness, my disappointments, my distress, my dis depression, my struggles, all of that is temporary. You know, there there is an expiration date on your trial. I don't know who that's helping because some of us feel like we've been going through things for a long time, but there is an expiration date on what you're going through. But if you have a relationship with Jesus, then that goes on for eternity. And that's reason for us to celebrate. And there was now this man, Nicodemus, in John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, it says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, Nicodemus, uh, for those of you who may not know him, you've heard the name in the scripture, but he was, uh, by this world's standards, he had everything that people wanted. He had position, he had money, he was part of the Sanhedrin, part of the, the ruling council of the Jews. So materially, he had everything that you could want, but he makes an interesting observation, and you have to read the scripture slowly. He doesn't go to Jesus and say, uh, Rabbi, I know that you have come from God. And if we read this too fast, we'll miss that. No, he says, Rabbi, we know that you've come from God. So this basically indicates that Nicodemus and all of his boys knew that there was something special about Jesus. The problem was that even though they knew who Je uh, there was something special about Jesus, nobody wanted to acknowledge it publicly. You ever been there where somebody knew that you, you knew that there was something something about this, something about this walk, something about this relationship um, with the Lord, but you weren't really at a place where I was ready to go public and go bold and go. And so this is Nicodemus. He's part of this crew. And, and so what happens is he goes to Jesus at night. He goes when nobody can see. How many of you know there's some good things sometimes that happen in secret? You know, there's some things, there's some encounters that you can only have with God. Watch this when some people are not around. Because there's some times where you can only hear God right when you're not distracted by everything else going on around you. And so Nicodemus says, look, I, I know I'm part of this crew, but you know what? I'm not just going to be content to know there's something special about Jesus. I got to go and talk to him for myself. So he finds him at night and he says, we know you've come from God as a teacher. So he has some awareness. You've been in your life where you kind of had some awareness of Jesus, but you really didn't come into a full understanding of what he wanted to do in your life. And so this is Nicodemus, man. He's working miracles. He's teaching stuff that we never heard before. Man, he's spitting on mud and rubbing it on people's eyes, and they're getting healed, and people with withered hands are getting straight. Man, there's something special about Jesus. He says no one can do these things unless they come from God. It's a true statement. You can't do this unless you come from God. There's something special about you. You have a connection with God that we don't have. You ever seen some friends, you, you ran into them, they seem to have peace with God that you don't have. They have joy um, in their relationship with God that you don't have, and secretly you're a little envious. It's quiet in here. 
Some of us, though, we, you know, you see somebody, God is blessing them. They, they, they had this connection with God, and you want to celebrate them, but inside you're like, man, <laughs> a little envious, a little jealous, man. They, I mean, life is not that great. You got joy all the time. You got peace all the time. You're happy all the time. And, and sometimes you want to respond back to them and say, life is not great, but Jesus is. Life happens to every single one of us. You know, and so if I accomplish anything in 2020, I want to erase this gospel of everything is going to be all right all the time. Because proof and experience tells us that there are things that we go through as believers that we don't enjoy. There are things that happen in our life, tests, struggles, trials that we don't like, that are not fun. And, and quite honestly, they're difficult to smile through unless we turn our attention from what we're going through to Jesus. And somebody's like, Jesus, and what? I'm like, there's nothing, there's nothing after that. We just have to keep our eyes on Jesus. And so here's what Nicodemus teaches us. He teaches us that we must not merely have a head knowledge of who Jesus is, but we have to have a heart knowledge of who he is. There's a difference because there was a lot of people who knew Jesus by name. They're like, okay, that's Jesus. Um, he's doing some amazing stuff and, you know, he's walking through. We, we don't know if we really like him because he's messing with our position and our view in the eyes of the people. But there's something about him. They had a head knowledge. But there's a difference when you come into contact with a heart relationship with Jesus, because that means you won't just toss him aside when you go through something. You, you, you know how we do. And, and part of it I, I blame, honestly, and I don't mean this critically, part of it I blame is on preachers and teachers and the church who told you that you get everything you want all the time when you follow Jesus. You know, be, so that's why it's so easy to just push him aside when something doesn't go your way or something is unpleasant or we don't like something. That's why it's so easy to write somebody off when you disagree with them. You ever wrote somebody off just because y'all didn't see eye to eye? You know, but how many of you, just, just what people are in sitting here, we're all different. We come from different backgrounds. We think differently, but we ought to gather around the name of Jesus. You know, we don't have to agree on everything. We just got to believe that Jesus is the son of God. He died for our sins, and one day we'll live eternally with him. If we can agree on that, we can be family. Never in the history of, of, of time has there been so much division in our world as there is right now. And I say, we, we, we'll get in social media arguments, we'll get in silly, stupid arguments over stuff and lose friends forever over stuff that don't matter. And so my assignment, I believe in this hour, is to bring us back to Jesus. I'll say it like this, it's time for the church to come back to Calvary and time for Calvary to come back to the church. Let's keep going. Jesus answered, now notice this, the wording, Jesus answered. Nicodemus didn't ask a question. At least with his mouth, he didn't ask a question. How many of you, you have conversations with people, and in your heart, there are questions, but you're not really asking the questions that you need answers to? And, and any preacher worth his salt has to ask the right questions or else he'll preach the wrong answers. Y'all missed that completely. But Jesus answered, and he said to him, Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Can't see the kingdom of God. We can only grasp what God is doing by having a born-again experience. This is why you can have people in the same room, hear the same word, read the same Bible, and one of them gets it, one of them doesn't. Because it takes a spiritual mind to grasp what God is doing. For me to tell you, if you believe on Jesus, when you leave here, you'll live eternally with him. You can't understand that in your flesh. It is impossible to understand that in your flesh. Let me take it further. It's impossible for me to show you that that even matters past your test unless there's something spiritual on the inside saying there's more. Have you ever been there where you know you, you had desires? You had uh, desires of your flesh. You had desires in this world, but inside your heart is crying out saying there's more to life than this. There's more to life than me getting this blue that I want. There's more. You don't know what it is, but your heart is crying out. There's significance beyond what I'm going through right now. Let me prove it to you. How many of you, raise your hand if you had a strong desire of something you wanted, material? Just be honest. It's, okay, now watch this. How many of you, when you got it, after a couple times, you're like, well, it wasn't really 
all that. You, you know why? Because in the moment, you thought it was going to satisfy something, but you being a spiritual being, your heart and your spirit will always cry out for connection with your creator. That's the only thing that will ever fill the void. And this is why people end up just get, getting stuff and stuff and stuff and bringing people and people and people into their life because they're trying to feel something that only God can feel. You know, so I sat there. Here's what I said. I never wanted to be, and I've talked to some of my team about this. I said, I never want to be something that I preach something that I haven't at least to a degree walked out in my life because then I'm just telling you what to do. You, you understand where I'm going? You ever have somebody just, you, you ask them for advice and they just tell you you should do this. And in your mind, you're like, have you ever been through, you know, <laughs> have you ever been, I mean, have you ever been through this? I mean, you're telling me to trust Jesus. You're telling me to just believe God. And my problem is, is that by experience, I can't just believe God because I don't have the connection with him and so there are times when you, as a believer, will go through things so that when you help other people, you're not talking from a you should do, you're talking from a this is what I've been through, which is, which is different. No, pastor, you've never been disappointed. You've never been criticized. You've never been betrayed. Wait a minute. No, the reason I can tell you what it feels like to have, be stabbed in the back is because I've been through it more than you can count. How do you go through it with joy? How do you just forgive people when they act this way or that way and you just keep on going? I'm not telling you to do something that God has not walked me through personally because it's just words. And I know enough about human nature to know that people will smile at you and say, no, I'm not going to do what you say because you haven't been where I've been. <laughs> you ever met people like that? But when you get down and you come on somebody's level, it's all right because that's what Jesus did. Jesus got on people's level. Well, you realize it or not, it didn't cost them anything. How do you know that? I'll come back to that. You can't see the kingdom of God. See, what does that word see mean? It means to behold, to know, to be aware, to perceive. So when we come into a relationship with God, there are things we have to, we actually have to look at. We have to take our time and really try to understand, well, why is this message of eternal life important? Why is a relationship with God important? They tell me I'm supposed to just trust Jesus. They tell me I'm just supposed to believe God. Why is that important? And here's what came into my heart this week, Brother Des. The only reason, watch this, that the gospel is good news is because of the bad news. And the problem is, is we don't tell people the bad news so they can't appreciate the good news. What we tell people is, you're not that bad. <laughs> you ever heard that? We have to qualify everything that the Bible doesn't qualify. You know, you're not that bad a person. You just have issues. You have that. No, you got sin in your life that you can't fix on your own. We all do. We had sin in our life before Jesus that we couldn't fix. But because of the blood of Jesus, not because of my works, because of the blood of Jesus, now I can have a relationship with God. So the blood is good news because I couldn't do it on my own. But I can't appreciate the blood unless I appreciate the fact that I'm a sinner who can't fix myself. And in our world of, of, of self-help theology, this message won't be popular. But Paul said, for all have sinned and fall, and fall, present tense, and fall short of the glory of God. So that means that I can try my best, but I'm going to have moments. But I don't make a practice and a habit of sinning. So when I become a believer, I don't make a practice and a habit of it. I, you know, I might mess up sometimes like some of y'all do. You know, well, Pastor, I don't mess up. Let somebody poke you the right way and see what comes out of your mouth. Oops, I didn't mean that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, some of y'all be like, man, I'm so glad people can't be in my house when I get mad. Because <laughs> I know how to say hallelujah and thank you, Jesus, but got some other words that are not found in the Bible when you try me. <laughs> Uh, John chapter 3, verse 4 and 5. It says, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Now, Nicodemus is smart, but he, let me, let me, let me say it like this. Have you ever talked to somebody, you were trying to explain to them something simple, and they looked at you like you had seven heads? I mean, like you, it was the simplest thing in the world. Like the crayon is blue. And then they're looking at you like, 
This is kind of the conversation that Jesus and Nicodemus are having because Nicodemus says, how can a man be born when he's old? So, so now Jesus is talking about a spiritual experience and Nicodemus is trying to figure out how to get back in the... <laughs> Some of y'all, when you picture that, you'll laugh at that. We're old enough. He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? So really, Nicodemus is, is like one of the most intelligent people of his time and he's saying... Man, to see the kingdom, I got to go back into my mom's womb and then come out again? Jesus. Somebody say, thank God. Jesus is patient. Because some of us not as patient as Jesus, man. After we explain it the second time, be like, look, come on. But Jesus is like, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water, naturally, and the spirit, spiritually, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, I was one of them kids in school. I'm going to be honest with you. When it came to math class, man, that teacher could explain it seven times, and I'm just like, don't make sense. <laughs> then, then I'm mad at the kid next to me who, no problem. He just, algebra, multiple variables, no problem. And I'm like, you know, but it's the same thing. Jesus doesn't even stay where Nicodemus is. Now he moves from seeing the kingdom to entering the kingdom. He's like, you can't even get in unless you're born naturally and you're born spiritually. It's not enough to have knowledge of the kingdom. We must have access and entry to the kingdom. There's nothing more frustrating than seeing something you want and know you need, but you don't know how to get it. And that's where we got to be, be real as, as just human beings, because you know how it is, man, I really want that. But access is denied. <laughs> you know that feeling? I'm going to apply for something. And they come back with you. You know, let's just be real. Some of you know, you ever applied for something? And they're like, yeah, we're happy to take your application. We'll be able to help you. And then after you apply, they're like, well, you're going to get a letter in a few days. Um, it's, they don't want to just tell you no, man. They say you're going to get a letter in a couple of days. Some of y'all know, some of y'all. We'll send you a letter in a couple of days uh, with our final decision. After that happened a couple of times, you're like, man, I ain't get it. <laughs> but uh, here Jesus saying, look, to have access and entry to the kingdom, you got to be born again. Why? Because that which is born of the flesh is what? So when you have a fleshly experience, that's all it is. It stops with that. But he says that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So if you, whether you have a paper Bible or whether you have a Bible on your phone, this is something I want you to remember for the rest of your life. Without a relationship with, with God, those words are just words. Here's the problem. Because we tell people. And this is why people get hung up, man. Should I read the Bible an hour a day, two hours a day? You could read it 20 hours a day. If you don't have a relationship with God, you won't understand it. But the beautiful thing is if you prioritize a relationship with God, sometimes you ever, you ever just been alone and he highlighted the simplest thing to you you didn't ever see before, but that thing just jumped off the pages at you. Man, I'm 41 years old, and I, I read the Bible every day for, and I'm not brain, but I read it, and I read it for an extended period of time. But even now, still, I'm seeing stuff that, like, man, I didn't get this before. I'm like, wow. And then when I, I, I sometimes I'll get a text or something from somebody who saw a scripture that jumped out. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that excites me, because I'm like, okay, you, you, you're allowing your relationship with God to teach you. Say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not spooky. Holy Spirit has been given so that you can understand what's written. You, you understand what I'm saying? It, it gives you that. See, here's the problem. You know, I don't know if y'all, you know, this is what happens. People, how many of you would be honest and say, sometimes I just want a word from God. Like, I want him to speak to me. I want a word from God. There's nothing wrong with that, but you can't legislate how he talks to you. And what happens is sometimes people want a God said this. But sometimes God loves you so much that he wants to silence somebody else and say, look, there's a Holy Spirit that I've given on the inside of you. Ask me to teach you and open it up. And I love you so much, I'll teach it to you. And you never lose stuff like that. I could come and just give you an encouragement or a word of knowledge or something that God has put on my heart. But when you open the word of God 
and that thing jumps off the pages at you. You know, no fluff, nothing. Nobody can steal that from you. You know, when you open Psalm 23 and you grasp, now we all know it, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We can recite it, but when God allows it to jump in here, then regardless of what's going on in your life, whether things look like they're going down or they're depleting or whatever, you can realize, no, this is in my heart. I know him. He's my shepherd. I'm following him. And no matter how much it looks like it's going down, I don't lack anything. That man can't take from you. That Tests can't take from you. Struggles can't take from you. Trials can't take from you. So I encourage you, prioritize your relationship with God because this world will sometimes say things to you that will, will, will try to bring you down, try to depress you, try to defeat you. But God is still on the throne. He loves you enough that no matter what your circumstances are saying to you, your relationship with God can hold strong. Sorry. Spirit. So what are we talking about when we say spirit? This is referring to the Holy Spirit. Meaning that God loves you so much that he convicts you. And he, he convicts you. If you're not a believer, what he does is he, he pulls, he woos. Say woo. Say woo. Okay. So he woos you. You know, well, what do you mean by woo? I shouldn't have to explain this, but I am. Remember when you were first trying to get with that person? <laughs> and, and, you know, you, man, you just jump out of the way. For some of us, man, that's the only time we ever put cologne on. And Lord, when they came out with Acts, boy, that was a blessing. <laughs> Accomplished multiple things. No, I'm just kidding. And then you try to, you know, you didn't know what you were doing, so you <coughs> everywhere, just walk by. No, everybody gonna smell this. <laughs> and then you, then the one you're trying to get her attention, and she like, what is that? Not me. <laughs> But my point is, I mean, you go to you go to lengths, you go to lengths to get their attention, to to draw them closer to you. You know that phone call. What you doing? I don't know. What are you doing? Thinking about you. <laughs> Y'all don't act like you didn't have those conversations. Y'all will spend hours talking about nothing, just listening to each other breathe. but then you spend a few years together. <laughs> Can I preach? <laughs> you spend a few years together, man, and the, 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 that breath that used to be so romantic. <laughs> now you look at me, man. Can you please just stop breathing? Wake up in the morning. That breath you used to hear on the phone? <laughs> Wake up in the morning. Now it goes from I love you to, is that you? <laughs> I just love you. I know, but go brush your teeth first. <laughs> no. no <I'm> just <laughs> but, but the Holy Spirit, he loves you so much. People think he always wants to beat you up to get your attention, but he loves you so much that God actually, his first mode of operation is to be so good to you that you can't help but come to him. See, I'm not one of these people that said, no, God got to test you so he can teach you. No, he gave us the word for that. So every test is not him trying to teach you something. That, that, you know, that's why he gave you 66 books, to, to teach you. Um, so what he does is say, look, um, I love you so much, Des. I'm going to just be so good to you. I'm going to give you stuff you don't even deserve. I'm going to give you a job you don't deserve. I'm going to give you favor that you don't deserve. I'm going to keep you safe when you don't know you're in trouble. I'm going to keep you safe on the highway when you didn't know. You know, that's how good God is to you. He tries to do those things. And sometimes we don't always get the message. And so, you know what, he'll allow some things that are so uncomfortable to happen in our life. But all of it is like, come closer. Because I want you to come closer. Jesus refers to himself as a good shepherd. I don't know if y'all have heard me tell this story here in this church, but the reason he refers to himself as a shepherd is because we are his sheep and he cares for the sheep. And how many of y'all, but, but there's a tendency and actually a habit, I'm going to help some of us, that get frustrated. There is a habit for sheep to, to wander. Like it, habitually. Like we're like, man, I wish I could get past this. No, that's what they do. 
they wander. If you don't, if you don't stay close, don't miss this. If you don't stay close to the shepherd, you will wander. And so what happens is, is that sometimes these sheep, when the sheep would have a habit, there'd be particular sheep that would have a habit of, of wandering more, more frequently than others. And so what would happen um, is the shepherd would sometimes wound them a little bit, break their leg. You're like, that sounds harsh. But he'd allow them to be wounded, and then he would immediately bandage Watch what he has to do next. When they get wounded and they're bandaged, they can't walk. <laughs> so he's got to carry them. Now, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening when he's carrying them? He's got to carry them right here. What are they close to? His heart. So all this time that the sheep is wounded, he's carried by the shepherd. You ever been carried by Jesus? You ever had moments where you were just having one of those things that Jesus just gave? I don't even know how I got through this. Jesus just carried me through it. He, he dealt with my old silly, crazy self and just carried me through it so close. But the reason he's holding them close so they could hear his heart. So that when they, when they got better, watch this, when they got better, they knew what? His heart. And they didn't wander as much. So sometimes... There's a purpose in your pain. Say that with me. Say there's a purpose in my pain. And sometimes we focus on the wrong thing when we're going through something. We're, we're so focused on the pain and God is saying, I know you hurt, but I need you to hear my heart in this season. I love you enough to allow whatever it takes for me to carry you so you can hear my heart. There's a, there's a difference. You... You ever have people, you love them, but sometimes you don't like them? <laughs> y'all are really saved in here. Y'all like everybody. But some of us who ain't been saved that long, we, we, <laughs> we love some people that we, we don't like that much. But the thing that should save you in those moments is sometimes you got to get past the reason you don't like them on the outward and find out what's going on in their heart. Because sometimes they didn't mean what they, you know, they didn't mean it, but something was going on in the heart that you didn't understand. There's a difference. When you understand somebody's heart, you can overlook their faults. That didn't mean you just ignore everything. Some things we need to talk about. Can we say amen? Sometimes, because you know how some of us are, some of us got to talk about everything. Some of us are like, no, I'm good. I don't need to talk about it. Men who get real good, we... We learned that the best way to, to avoid talking about it is just go on and say, I'm sorry, ahead of time. With no understanding, and then mess up again next week. Sometime we need to talk about it, like I was wrong. And some women, man, y'all like to, no, you want to know that we know why we were wrong. So they're like, no, what are you apologizing for? Because I don't want to fight no more. <laughs> That's not good enough. I need you to understand what you did wrong because I don't want you to do it again. Then when you mess up, man, you got to have mercy on me. You know I love you. <laughs> and we just fall for it anyway because y'all know how to talk to us. But we just, <laughs> all right. John 3, do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from and where it is going. So, if every, so is everyone who's born of the Spirit. Nicodemus, being as smart as he is, still says, how can these things be? Jesus answered, now he calls him out. He says, are you the teacher of Israel, but you don't understand this? You don't understand basic, basic principles. We must have a spiritual mind, I already said this, to understand spiritual truth must have a spiritual mind to understand spiritual truth. This is why God can move on your heart to do something by faith, and someone who doesn't want to live by faith or doesn't have spiritual understanding will look at you like you're crazy. You want to do that? They don't understand that your relationship with God, he pulled on your heart to go do something by faith that maybe doesn't make sense to them. God does not need majority opinion to move. I just want to help you with that. And some of us, we're waiting on the majority to get behind us and get with us before we just do what God wants us to do. You ever been there? In your heart, you knew you wanted to do something. You knew it was time. But what are the people going to think if you do that? And meanwhile, everybody else is just going on about their life while you're waiting for their approval. The natural man 
does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. This is what I just explained. The natural person, when you start walking by faith and living by faith and living out a relationship with God and living for eternity and realizing that there are things, and you start to explain to people, there are things more important than right here and right now, they think you are foolish. It's foolishness because they don't understand spiritual things. And he cannot, watch this, don't get mad at him, he cannot understand them. Have you ever tried to explain somebody to somebody who just cannot get it? Like, they cannot understand it. It's not that they won't. They can't because they don't have the spiritual capacity to understand what God is doing in your life. And you're frustrated trying to explain it to them. You're like, I just want to live. We just got to make a move by faith. Sometime I'm, I'm pastor and God is dealing with me and I'm like, hey, we got to do this by faith. But how am I going to explain this to the people? And some people, when they have a spiritual mind, a spiritual mindset, and this is not, they're like, well, whatever you, whatever you, you feel, whatever the vision, Pastor, just, we, we, and other ones are like, here we go. <laughs> and you can't, you can't get mad at people. I'm saying this for your own life. You can't get mad at people because some people are not spiritually minded. They don't understand why you want to walk by faith. Why, why do you want to feed the hungry? Why do you want to uh, feed the poor? Why do you want to um, send missionaries and build and plant churches? You know, shouldn't we just do this or shouldn't we just do that? And you're like, man, God is dealing with us. You know what I mean? Why, why go to, I know some in here have gone to different countries and, and missions, and if you told people why you did that, they would just look at you like you're crazy. You're going you're gonna to give away all that money to missions? You could do this. You could have this. And you're like, man, but souls in the kingdom is much more important than whether I have the newest car or not. Let me tell you, my grandmother told me something that y'all have heard. You cannot take it with you. And some of us are chasing stuff that, that will not benefit eternity at all. It's, it's just not that important. Man, did you, you got the newest Jordans? Yeah, but when you get buried, you might get buried with them, but they're still not going to eternity with you. I mean, it doesn't matter. This stuff, this, some stuff we do just so people can look at us and admire us. But I want you to look at me and admire him. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we've seen, and you do not accept our testimony. If I tell you earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe it if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so that the Son of Man must be lifted so that Whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Son of man must be lifted. What we've said in church for years was, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. And so everybody says that means we got to lift up the name of Jesus in praise. That's not what that means. It means that if Jesus is lifted on the cross and crucified, then he will draw people to himself by something that looks unpleasant to the world. That's why it's so hard for people to grasp the cross, nails in his hands and in his feet and hanging on a cross and pierced in his side and a crown of thorns. It's hard. That's offensive and messy to people. That's why we've tried to not talk about the blood as much. But if you don't hear that message, you cannot have a relationship with Jesus. You got to hear it. You got to hear that unpleasant thing. You got to hear the fact that without any of that offense that people in the world don't want to look at, we're doomed to an eternity in hell. Y'all all right? I'm almost done. Everybody okay? A few of y'all all right. The ultimate goal of our faith is not material possessions or temporary comforts, but eternal life. That's the ultimate goal of our faith. Why do you have to say that? Have you ever heard, you got to use your faith to do this. You got you to... Gotta, Believe God to do this. And, and, and I understand what people are saying, but that makes it seem like the goal of our faith is something we can touch. I want you to really think about that for a minute. How hard did you pray for stuff you could touch, feel? And there's nothing, it's nothing wrong with that, but do you pray as earnestly for things you can't touch? Or can't see. You know, there's some times, watch this, where our backs, I don't, maybe y'all have it all together all the time, but there have been times when my back been against the wall and I had to pray hard for something I could touch. <laughs> Lord, I need you to come through on this, like yesterday. 
And I'm praying and crying, seeking the face of God. And by faith, he came through. But the question that made me ask was, do I pray that hard for stuff that I don't need? Like materially or stuff that I, I can't touch. First Peter 1.9, he says, obtaining as the, say, outcome of your faith. And what does it say? The salvation of your soul. Some translations, the original language in the Greek says the goal of your faith. So the goal of our faith is not something we can touch. The goal of our faith is the salvation of my soul. That means that I know that no matter what happens to me today, tomorrow, that if this life ends, I will be eternally with Jesus. That's what I need to know because Here's something we, 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 we got to be honest. We're not going to live here forever. We, we're just not. At some point, our name is going to call, be called. And when God says that it's that last breath, that's it. You can't, you can't kick. You can't scream. You can't. When God says it's over, it's over. Say it's over. You got to say it like y'all said about some of these relationships. It's over. So now we can appreciate this verse a whole lot more. Y'all had some of them friends, you did, where, man, y'all were tight, but they mess up, and you're like, that's it. Don't call me, don't text me, don't come over to my house. If you ring my doorbell, I'm not answering. It's over. <laughs> For God so loved the world, it's what we started with, that he gave his only son. Say, that's me. Because, see, if we don't really take the time with the word, we'll think he's talking about the person next to us. But God so loved me that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish. When you hear a message like this, then John 3.16 doesn't have to be cliche anymore. You can appreciate it now. You could go anywhere. Somebody who's never known Jesus, you tell them, what's John 3.16? They can quote it to you. But when you have a hard understanding of the fact that when I believe in him, I shall not perish, be eternally doomed, but I have right now as my possession eternal life. Then I can walk with joy. Why are you so joyful? Because I know I got Jesus in my heart. I know I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And so all these deep theological songs, I could get back to the basics of Jesus loves me, this I know. Because the Bible tells me so. You know what? You can have joy when you don't have to be so deep. I have a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, I don't have as much money as I could use. Most of us would be honest and say, I could use a little more. Be honest, right? You could, you, you could use a little more. Raise your hand. <laughs> So, so, so all of us could be like, we use a little more. But man, even, even if I never get it, I got a relationship with Jesus. And he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Songwriter said, when my back was against the wall and it looked like it was over, <laughs> he made a way. You can do that when you know you have a relationship with God. It doesn't matter how far your back is against the wall. He will come through for you. But it's based out of relationship. Not formula, not five steps to this, not six steps to this. Relationship with him. There's stuff that I would do for people who have a relationship with me. And it doesn't mean they got it all right or not. It just means we have a relationship. Oh, you, you. It's, it's, like, it's like the brother or sister you fight with at home, but if you go outside and somebody else talk about them, you know, you're going to fight, then we'll finish this fight at home. <laughs> what is this thing? What is eternal life? Here it is, John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that you may know that they may know you, the one true God, in Jesus whom you've sent. Eternal life, simply put, is to know God and to know his son. We've made it a whole bunch of stuff that it's not. Wait a minute, uh, you do this and you, you mess up this all the time and you do this, you can't be saved. Wait a minute, where do you find that in the Bible? Please show me what chapter and verse you find, the fact that you've got to be perfect to be saved. Show me the person from Genesis to Revelation that had it all together all the time. 
See, I know enough about myself to know I don't have it together all the time. Sometimes I miss it, but God knows I don't miss it intentionally. <laughs> but sometimes I don't get it right, and when I don't get it right, and here's your measure. This is how I'm going to help you to understand. When you don't get it right, what happens in your heart? <laughs> is it just okay? Or does it bother you a little bit? Does it challenge you when, you when you hold unforgiveness in your heart? Even if you don't want to make the first move, does something in your heart say, really, I should call him and ask? We should have a conversation. When you know that you've wronged someone, does it ever, ever occur to you to make a phone call and say, I messed up, I'm sorry, please forgive me? See, that's how you know, because there's conviction, not condemnation. There's conviction on the inside that I got to get this right. It doesn't mean I get it right all the time. It means when I get it wrong, the Holy Spirit says, hey, you need to go back and fix that. What does that look like? Hey, I'm sorry I was short with you. I didn't mean it was just there was a lot going on. I'm sorry I was short with you. I shouldn't have said it like that. Please, please forgive me and be sincere. You know, just I'm, I'm sorry. This is, these kind of things show that there's somebody on the inside saying, hey, I love you. You and your flesh aren't going to get it all right, but when you get it wrong, I'm going to help you get it right. Say amen. No means to be intimately acquainted with. When you know somebody, when you know somebody, do you have, you have people in your life that you know them that even when they don't talk, you know their mannerisms. And so... They might say or act a certain way or their eyes are acting a certain way. Oh, there's something going on. <laughs> you know, that's intimate acquaintance. That you can see past their smile, you can see past this, and you become, you, you know them. And this is how God wants us to know Jesus. So much that when we step out of the way, we know, oh, well, that wasn't really what Jesus wouldn't have done. And we, we come back to the middle real quick. For God not, did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. God seeks to save men, not judge them. And this is the, the important part of understanding. This is why you don't come in and always say, no, it's, you know, heaven or hell, turn or burn. We, we know these things are, t <laughs> you know, practically we know these things are true. <laughs> but his intention in sending his son was to save you, not simply to point out all the areas that you're wrong. Do we understand the balance there? And I, I think I've learned over time that sometimes when people are wrong, they know they're wrong. You know, they don't need you to say, are well, you wrong there? They, you know, they know, but they need the power and the help of the Holy Spirit to get that thing right. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe in him has been judged already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Teach us something. Why are people judged? They're not judged because they did this wrong. They're judged because what? They don't believe in Jesus. Y'all got it? Does it make sense? So all the stuff that we beat ourselves up over, that's not even the stuff we're being judged on. The measuring stick is do you believe in Jesus? Because if you believe in Jesus, he'll lead you to victory. Say victory. The answer and solution to judgment is faith in Jesus. It's faith in Jesus. I'm going to probably cut this early, so y'all come on up here. But um, the answer to judgment is faith in Jesus every time. When a person is, is living in sin, I don't know who this is. I, I just tend to believe that we all are a family of imperfect people, which means that we mess up sometimes. But what happens is a sin, sin will do this to us. It kind of just puts a weight. <laughs> it, it constantly pushes a weight down on us, on our minds, on our hearts, on our lives. It's like this pressure pushing us down. And if you handle that pressure the wrong way, you'll quit, you'll give up on God. But you, I, all that pressure is actually designed to make you realize that I cannot sustain myself under this weight by myself. Does that make sense? So I've got to look up and have belief in someone who can pull me out of what's trying to pull me down. I know that may seem a little deep, but when you are under the pressure of sin, no matter how many 
showers practically you take, no matter how much soap you use, you can't wash it by yourself. So that's why he says, I don't need you to try to be perfect. I need you to believe in me. You ever looked at the disciples and how many times they actually messed up walking with and they walked with him. We are thousands of years after that. And so he's saying, I know you messed up, but repent. Trust me to help you. Believe in me. And, and we keep on going. This is the judgment that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. We can live the God kind of life when we stop holding on to what we should release. Part of the things of, of being a pastor is you see sometimes what's going on in people's lives. You feel what's going on in their lives. And sometimes my heart is, I want to tell you, just let this, this whatever this is, just let it go. <laughs> but we will hold on to something that's killing us. We'll hold on to emotions that's killing us. We hold on to people that's killing us. We hold on to unforgiveness that's killing us. We hold on to bitterness that's killing us. We hold on to self-perception that's killing us. And sometimes I can feel people beating themselves up. I want to go to them and say, you know what? God doesn't see any of the stuff that you're so focused on. Because when you, when you believed in him, what he sees when he looks at you, watch this, is himself. And the sacrifice that he paid. I, I, I get so burdened because I see people carrying stuff <laughs> that he already died for. So if he died for it and he said, if, if Jesus said to you today, whatever your name is, you put your name there, I came to carry this for you. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I, I came, Desmond, to carry this for you. Is there any sense in both of us carrying the same thing? So that means if he wants to carry it, my sickness, my depression, my struggle, my weaknesses, my inability to control my mouth, my bad attitude, my, my fears, whatever it is that I, I, I'm carrying. He says, I came to bear the burden for you. So if I'm bearing it, I need you to let it go. But, 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 I, what about this? God, Jesus said, I'm not concerned about that. Just release it from your hand and let it go so I can carry it. Now, as you bow your head and close your eyes, I want you to have some honest reflection with God as we, we do this, prepare to do this last worship song. And just say, what is it in the light of eternity, in the light of just the reality of stuff that, that most people won't tell you on a Sunday, the fact that this could be your last day. In the light of that, I, I pray and believe God that it's not going to be. But if it was, is what you are carrying right now worth taking into eternity? Is that grudge worth carrying? Is that person you won't call worth carrying? That person you just won't forgive because they wrong you so bad. And I'm not saying you got to go and be all lovey-dovey with them, but so just you got to let it go for you. Is that fear worth holding on so tight, losing your joy, losing your peace every single day because you won't let it go? I also want you to ask yourself as we begin the worship, do I really have... Have I made a personal decision to really follow Jesus? Not a personal decision to be perfect, a personal decision to follow Jesus. If you haven't, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand. You just need to say, Lord, in your own heart, Lord, I want to follow you. I'm ready to follow you. Teach me how. Show me how. Help me day by day. Help me with my faults. Help me with my weaknesses. Help me with my mistakes. Show me what to do. Teach me, instruct me, guide me. Make the path plain. Lord, there's some things in my life that I don't know what to do right now. Help me do them. There's some decisions I have to make. I don't know what the right one is. Help me make it. That's called dependence and surrender. The only thing that God is asking for you today, not asking you to have it all figured out. He's asking you to simply 
surrender. Just say, Lord, I'm willing to try to let it go if you show me how. And so I want you to, to stand to your feet now. I want you to make this worship that we're about to go in your prayer. Sometimes you don't need a deep altar call invitation. You just need to listen and worship to the songs that we're doing. In there, there's a message. They're, they're chosen for a specific reason every week. Um, I want you to really listen to this. Some of you are going to find yourself here. Make this the plea of your heart. And I promise you, God will help you do it. I don't know the outcome, but I know that he'll help you surrender whatever it is that you need to surrender because eternity is worth it. So we pray. If you're here and you're like, man, I, I need to surrender. There's just stuff I need to lay down. Just quickly slip your hand up. I just want to agree with you in prayer. I'm not going to call you forward. It's just stuff that... You know, I got to lay it down. I got to surrender. I want to know who I'm praying for. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. And I sense your presence so strongly. Thank you for taking the time to work in our hearts and in our minds. And they're just days where you don't need or want the hype, God, that you just want to quietly speak to our spirit. So I ask in these few moments as I pray, that you begin to gently uncover those areas of our heart that we need to let go of. Help us to forgive. Unforgiveness shall not be the death of the people in this house. Make our hearts tender towards you Bind the families in this house and this church together in the name of Jesus. I speak over the brothers and sisters in this church that we will be brothers and sisters. Father, give us spiritual sight that we can see as you see, hear as you hear, feel as you feel. Let what grieves you grieve us. Let what excites you excite us. Give us passion for you. And Lord, even as your people are searching their hearts, cause them to release from their hand that which they've been holding on to, that which they've been trying to control. Lord, human nature sometimes will cause us to try and manipulate situations for our own desired outcome. But this day we say we're letting that go and we surrender it all to you. We bring our gifts, we bring our strengths, we bring our weaknesses and we lay them down at the foot of the cross. And we ask you as the words of the song said, God, have your way in us. Search us, O oh God, and know our hearts. Try us and know our thoughts and see if there be any wicked, worthless way in us and lead us in the way everlasting. As you highlight areas of our life that come to our mind right now, don't let them be discouraging to us, but let them be motivation to draw closer to you. And now I pray even over those specific petitions of the hearts of your people, the things that they have before you, every decision that, that others have to make that affects their life, I ask that you give them favor right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask that joy and faith will flood our soul as we leave here because we've heard a message that we can build our foundation on. It's not sinking sand, Lord. We can leave with joy. We can leave with peace. We can leave with faith because a relationship with you is a strong foundation. In every attack of the mind, I command to be broken and cast down in the name of Jesus, that we could walk boldly in faith and love and courage, knowing that you have a direction for our lives. And now, God, those who've come in and said they've needed a miracle in their lives, there's miracles in their lives that, they, that this must happen. There are things that they can't explain, but they need you to move. Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus to move on their life right now. And Lord, those who've come in, Lord, I sense, Lord, those who've come in, but they're struggling with secret 
problems, secret addictions, God. I ask that you make that addiction so nauseating to them that they can't do it anymore. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask that you would purify our minds, purify our hearts, purify our ears, purify our eyes so that we can be a people that can hear you. Everything that's polluted our hearts, polluted our minds, and caused our ears to be stopped up from hearing the Spirit of God. Lord, I ask you to remove it right now so that we can hear you clearly in the name of Jesus and that our hearts like never before would be tender towards the word and the direction of God. And Lord, I pray that as the people leave this place, that instructions will be clearer to them than they've ever been before. When they walk out of these doors, they're going to know that you're leading them, that you're directing them. Lord, we declare that we will trust in you with all of our hearts and not lean on our own understanding. But in all our ways, we acknowledge you and we trust, oh God, that you would direct our paths. And we thank you for it by faith and let everyone that agrees with that shout amen. Let's celebrate Jesus in this place. Now, look, it's 11.30. Some of y'all are ready to go, but I want to shake your hand so I know y'all got priorities today. There's some kind of game going on. I don't know. Um, but don't rush out till I get a chance to say hi to you. All right. God bless you.